Welcome to Daring Made, the podcast that revolutionizes the way you think about growing your business and brand. I'm Sasha Fedunchak, your host, a serial entrepreneur, ex-corporate marketing director, and multiple six-figure agency owner. I'm bringing you daring perspectives and deep insights to create an iconic brand and sustainable, profitable business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, and equipped with the tools you need to make the impact you've always wanted. We don't just dream big here, we dare bigger. Let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of Daring Made. Today, I am excited to go a little bit personal with you. I'm gonna be sharing real life entrepreneurial journey of myself, the highs, the lows, and everything in between of when I started my first official business, which was called Vacay Beauty. It was a spray tan business. It taught me so much about what to do and what not to do in the world of startups. And I reflect back on this experience literally like every week. Like it literally has shaped how I do everything else. And I went from spray tanning to a branding agency. Now I'm running this podcast and we're launching digital products. And of course, I still have my business growth and marketing agency, Daring House. But man, starting a company is just like setting off on a wild expedition, right? Like you are bound to encounter some spectacular views and some massive pitfalls. So buckle up as I share six mistakes and six wins from starting Vacay Beauty. So let's start with the wins because, hey, who doesn't like a little bit of good news first, right? Let me back up a little bit and just give you, if you did not listen to my startup story, I'm going to give you the 30 second version. I am not a beauty gal. I was never in beauty. I literally was in corporate communications and marketing for over a decade. And a girlfriend of mine gave me the idea to start a mobile spray tan business when I told her I just could not take the corporate life anymore. And I became obsessed with the idea. I started listening to every single spray tan podcast that I possibly could on my hour long commute, you know, to and from my corporate job. And then eventually three months later, just quit and said, you know what? I'm starting this. <laughs> I'm going to use everything that I know about brand building, about marketing to start my first real business. And I should also say I started the mobile spray tans within six months. I had a storefront. I was renting a space like on Main Street in one of the most popular neighborhoods in Philadelphia. And it did phenomenally well. Okay. <laughs> it was a very uh, successful, profitable business. No matter what stage in your business you are, especially if you're asking yourself, what the heck am I doing wrong? I feel like I'm doing all of the things. And I'm hoping that this episode, it'll help you to kind of check yourself, if you will. So from day one, one of the best first things I did was figure out my positioning. I knew I did not want to be like every other mobile spray tanner in the city. And honestly, there weren't very many, but the ones that I had seen were all starting to look the same. So this was like 2019. And even back then it was, I'm a luxury spray tanner. I do luxury. And I'm like, what about y'all's service is luxury? I don't even see a website. What is luxury? Just because you come to my house and see me naked and spray tan me 
It's like not the biggest luxury I can think of. So for Vacay Beauty, I wanted to make sure that I communicated this is not just a spray tan service. It really is an experience. So even the name itself, it wasn't like spray tans with Sasha or like luxury tans. I really was inspired by one of my best friends who was going on a lot of vacations at the time because this all kind of came out in like winter of 2019. And she was constantly tagging hashtag always on vacay. And she was of course tan and gorgeous and beautiful and just like living her best life. And I was like, what if we all felt that way even in freezing cold Philadelphia? So that's how I came up with the name Vacay Beauty. The other thing that was really important to me was instead of being like, in my social media and my marketing messages bashing different skin types, whether they were light or dark or whatever, I really wanted to focus on education. And in my consultation, in my entire experience, I always really pushed education like surprise. Like I'm a nerd, I love to teach. And I would hear it over and over again. And I wonder if I can still go to my old Google reviews because so many people would say, I never knew that about spray tanning or I did not know I was going to get a whole lesson, but now I feel so informed and empowered because I know what's going on in my skin and I know how to take care of it. And so that was something about Vacay Beauty that was really different. And I spent the time figuring it out and putting it together before I just started offering spray tans. So I know a lot of people say start messy, but you know what, for me that never has worked. For me, it's let me be intentional and strategic about this because the payoff is so much bigger than having to stop in the middle of the chaos and then going back and trying to connect the dots for yourself or your customers. The other thing with positioning and the experience was that the space that I eventually had, I really wanted it to feel like a vacay. So I had lots of the palm trees. I had a pink mini fridge, which people loved. I always offered wine and drinks and things like that. It definitely wasn't an in and out service. It was really all about being on vacay every time that you are coming to the studio. Okay, the next thing I feel like really helped me like crazy, like I mentioned, when I was doing my competitor research, I found that a lot of the other mobile artists or even spray tan salons did not have a website or their website was completely garbage. And at that point, I had really only built like one or two websites and I was just getting into website design and I knew I had to have it. And of course, I'm a startup. I didn't wanna pay anyone else to do it. So I did it myself. I also did photo shoots. I had an old Canon, so I did photo shoots with my best friends, tanned them, I ordered them like cute little outfits from Amazon. I had my husband shoot a bunch of photos of me and having those photo shoots that were really consistent with the brand, doing my own branding at the time, having a website where people can learn more about me, learn more about the service, learn more about the company. Plus the biggest thing about the website was right from the get-go, I had automated bookings. I was not taking appointments through DMs or just hoping that people somehow found me and got in touch with me. Everything was automated. And I really, again, spent the time, I probably spent a good month getting everything just figured out from the branding, the marketing, the website side of things before officially like launching. And that made a huge difference because people were finding me from Google all the time. Like I did research on SEO. I didn't know this stuff for years ago. I 
figured it out. I spent the time and I probably could have gotten an even better website and even better SEO and all of that if I had paid the money. But at the time I was so new to all of this and I was definitely more in my perfectionist zone and I was like, no, I want to do it my way. But regardless, the web presence was definitely a win. The third win, and I still feel like this is such a powerful thing that so many people, especially in the beauty service industry can do is I really harped on influencer outreach. The first kind of launch, if you will, to the public, I did a bronze and bubbles event. So before I even like officially launched the company and officially would say, oh, here you go, here's the link to book. I spent weeks connecting with local micro influencers, a local photographer who is still like a very good friend of mine, just different folks that I wanted them to know I exist. And so creating these relationships with them, then deciding I'm gonna host this bronze and bubbles event that photographer came. She did photos for me. I gave her a bunch of free tans. I had 10 micro influencers come and they all posted like crazy. I treated them to champagne. I paid like $550 for this hotel room that was super swanky. And I didn't even stay there that night because I was so exhausted afterwards. I was like, I just want to go home. But that event really put us on the map. Okay, win number four kind of goes with win number three, and that's networking. Hiding behind the screen, that's not enough. I hit the local scene. I joined business groups. I was going to all sorts of events. Now, this was prior to everything that happened in 2020, but this whole effort paid off big time. Through just like local networking, getting to know people, it really put us on the map and it actually secured the attention of Philly Mag. So I had a reporter come and I was featured on a couple of other things, like more local things, but Philly Mag is a huge magazine and she featured my whole story again photos videos all sorts of things and that was massive and that was not paid that was not something I even pitched it was literally just from putting myself out there in the local community all right the next win that I'm definitely coming back to now is diversification of my income so vacay beauty was not just about spray tans we actually had a good amount of retail items clothing, face sprays, just a little bit of everything to keep the cash flow flowing. Like when I'm telling you, I used to go to Amazon and find these like funky, cool, crazy earrings and order packs of them. And I would get a pack of five earrings for 20 bucks. I would go and find these crazy cool earrings, everything that kind of was like funky, kind of tropical and just really fun and bright. Um, again, kind of had that vacay vibe because a lot of my clients who are coming in were going on vacation. I would find this five pack for $20 and then I would sell each pair for $20. So like the profit on five sales was insane. And I would do the same with clothing and things like that. Lots of spray tan friendly clothing. I actually use this great merchant site called fair.com. Highly recommend it. Incredible stuff. And then of course your retail products. And so that gave me lots of extra cash flowing in. And when the world did shut down in 2020 and I was hustling, trying to sell mooses and everything in the store, everyone was already so familiar with the fact that 
I had more than just the spray tan service there. So people were just buying stuff up left and right. And the last win in my first startup experience, this is the biggest one that I feel like I'm always kind of forcing myself to come back to because I feel like I've gotten a little bit salty <laughs> like in the online space. It was different when I was seeing people face to face. I love that. I'm definitely extroverted. I love people. I loved my customers. It was so easy to do this last win which is community building. And it's so much harder when you're just sitting in your office every day, grinding away, working on client projects behind the little phone screen. The relationships I built back then really catapulted my next business, which was Daring Creative, because a lot of those clients of mine became friends, but more so they were connections for my branding agency. Some people that I had spray tanned went off and started their own business. And then they came back to me, the girl who spray tanned them and saw them naked to create logos and websites and things like that for them, or they referred their friends my way. And I mean, this was how I really for better or worse, had such a strong referral network those first two years of Daring Creative where I really didn't even have to market myself based on the community, the deep community building that I did with Vacay Beauty. So now I'm really trying to come back to that because there's really nothing more important than the people you surround yourself with in the community that you have. Even outside of just them sending you business, it's just so important to have those relationships in your life who can help you <laughs> lighten the mood a little bit, would just be great mentors potentially. So community building is definitely something that was a huge win not the best win for me personally in the last year, but definitely something I'm working with and a big reason that I wanted to do the podcast because for me now is the opportunity to really come back to one of the things that I love the most, which is people and building community. And now let's switch gears to the things that I would do differently. I will call them blunders, not necessarily huge mistakes, but things that like I still think about and I'm like, oh, why did I do that? So the first one was, I feel like if I even go back to my Excel spreadsheets to look at my numbers, I spent a crap ton on printing things and like marketing costs without really realizing the value of them because I would get too excited and I would design something, I would want to print it and then I would redesign it. I had a brand and then I rebranded very quickly after that. And I mean, I spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars on printed materials. Or when I actually opened up my storefront, I have this whole wall of these like girl power pictures from Pinterest and picture like collages that I would buy. And there were, it's not cheap to print photos. And there were so many, like I printed hundreds that I never even used because I initially had this idea to do like the whole wall. I spent money on like other crap. Like I put glitter in the paint on our walls because we had pink sparkly walls. You can hardly see the glitter. The glitter was so expensive. So there were like little cost, right? I guess the, the mistake here was overspending on little costs that didn't really have an impact and not really being more careful with spending. It wasn't so out of control that it put me into debt or anything like that, but I'm like, wow, I definitely could have made back a couple thousand dollars each quarter if I was just a little bit smarter with how I was spending on those little costs. They always say it's the little things that add up. 
Okay, the next mistake was going to this wedding event. How do I explain it? I'm having a brain fart right now, but it was basically like an expo and it was so freaking expensive <laughs> to attend. It was over a thousand dollars and I kind of put in my application for it all very last minute thinking it was going to be great and I didn't take the time to really again get the right information I needed like were there going to be other spray tanners there where was my booth going to be turns out there were a ton of other spray tanners there and my booth was at like the very end of this massive wedding expo so by the time people would come to me they would be like eh. like they had already seen other spray tanners that was a massive of investment it was over a thousand dollars and it was such a stressful day i remember i was just an absolute witch to my husband who is of course trying to help me get the car loaded and drop me off because i was so nervous and it was just it was a terrible morning and i had the bad feeling about it i was like oh my god why did i spend the money on this especially because i think at that time i was still mobile so i didn't even have my storefront so it was even a hard sell for the people that i did talk to and yeah it was basically just like over a thousand dollars gone on like a terrible exhausting day so do not recommend that definitely if you're going to be going to events if you're going to be thinking about promoting yourself you have to think about what's the competition going to look like where am i going to actually be positioned what do i think is the realistic roi on this these are questions i did not ask myself big mistake huge huge mistake all right third mistake personal cell mayhem so despite having online booking despite having a website in the beginning especially with mobile because philly is a crazy shit show of driving and trying to like find where you're going i was definitely using my personal cell phone number for business i should have just gotten like a google number because it was definitely an error that led to a lot of boundary issues and just a lot of unnecessary stress you hear this all the time in the beauty industry or really anywhere where clients are texting me in the middle of the night or i have all these texts and i don't know who's who or then i feel like i should follow up with some people or I should follow up with everybody but if I don't follow up with some people then they don't have as good of an experience as this person so within probably two to three months I stopped giving out my number and I this is so cringe to admit but I even created a little blurb that I had in my notes on my phone if someone did text me I would try to text them back this like as soon as possible uh, this is an automated message I'm sorry uh, if you need to get in touch with vacay beauty please email us it was obviously better than that and sounded more automated but I had to use that a bunch of times and I'm sure the clients could see right through that so total cringe but the mistake there is you know, you've got to honor your boundaries now I do have a Google voice number for Daring House. And the whole time I had Daring Creative, I think I gave my number out to like maybe three or four clients out of 150, 200. Clients would ask to text me or to call me and I would just be like, no, you've got to email me or you can Voxer me. I used Voxer a lot, but you no, know, not giving out that personal number anymore. 
Okay, mistake number four. This is something I've been talking a lot about lately is doing everything on your own and having a lot of ambition and then not finishing things. So I started a YouTube channel. You can totally go stalk me on YouTube. I'm pretty sure the the old channel is still up. If you just search like Vacay Beauty Philadelphia, V-A-C-A-Y, Beauty, Philly, you will find some of my old videos. I was so excited about the concept of going on YouTube. I've always loved YouTube and I knew that it would be so great for my business, but I was just juggling too many balls at once and I dropped that video ball pretty quickly. I spent a lot of time learning about YouTube. I spent a lot of time on those initial videos where I could have been just doing smarter things for the business. And I got really distracted with that shiny object and that led to burnout with the whole YouTube thing. And that led to just like taking away from my business because I didn't have other systems or other support for everything else that needed to happen. So this kind of goes into the next mistake, which is just... I tried to do it all. Like the next mistake is solo overload. I tried to do it all. It consumed me. I went from being in corporate and having that kind of nine to five mentality. I still always would put in the extra time if I needed to, but all of a sudden it was like around the clock. I never saw my husband. I never saw my friends anymore. It really affected my mental health. It just strained my personal life on a lot of different levels. Even though I loved what I did, it was super successful. You know, I was having a ton of fun with the community and a lot of the clients were my friends and I was going out, but like everything became about the business. And so when you don't have those boundaries for yourself, that tends to happen. This is a mistake. It definitely took me a really long time to come back from. And then the last mistake, it's not really a mistake so much as I feel like a missed opportunity. So I did not do any paid ads thinking organic growth was enough. And the organic growth was great. But in hindsight, especially knowing what ads cost now and how ads work now compared to 2019, oh my gosh, like a little paid ad push would probably have freaking turbocharged the growth even more. So I definitely regret not doing that because it would have just been incredible back then. And I think I would have learned a lot had I either taken it on myself or paid someone to help me. It would have been so cool to have that experience in the 2018, 2019 time versus now where things are just remarkably different. So there you have it, a mixtape of entrepreneurial lessons. Each win and mistake was definitely a track in my business journey. And I hope that sharing some of these can be part of your success playlist. Whether you're starting a spray tan company or any venture, remember balance is key. Learn fast and fail fast and never underestimate the power of community because that is definitely one of the most important things to building a successful business, no matter what type of industry you're in or what kind of business you have. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, share, and leave us a review, and we will see you next time. Thanks so much for giving this episode a listen. If you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to take a moment to rate or review us. You can also share us on social media. Take a screenshot of this episode and tag at Daring Made. We will happily personally thank you for sharing us with your friends. Also, don't forget to check out daringmade.com for a whole library of incredible free digital resources for entrepreneurs just like you. We'll catch you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.